I V M. Is your anus shaped like a trumpet? Today, I'm going to tell you why this became part of a courtroom debate. Hey, my name is Priya Mirza, and welcome to the podcast, the longest constitution. This show is where I take you through the constitution and talk about how it is about you. In the first series, we are talking about sex and how the constitution is a tool. It's a tool to negotiate with each other, our friends, our neighbors, and the state. In today's show, we are talking about how a colonial law made the size and shape of one's anus criminally liable to be put in jail for 10 years now that's really serious we will also talk about the supreme court case which mercifully struck this law down a case in which the supreme court upheld that to wear a flouncy skirt is everyone's right woman or man and that sex between consenting adults is none of the state's business our first story today is in 1935 When a man Solomon peered across his house and saw his neighbor this young man walking into his house with another young man Solomon didn't turn around and carry on with his day quite the opposite he sped across and peeped and saw that they were about to commit sodomy he walked into the house and forced them both to the police station and i can imagine that these two young men were really panicking they were then taken to the magistrate where they were scolded by the judges for being despicable and disgusting but what is sodomy and why should a neighbor go around dragging someone to the police station for it sodomy is anal sex and was criminalized by section 377 of the indian penal code But before you say hey this took way back i mean at least 90 years ago and things have changed since then let's zoom into the year 2006 in 2006 in lucknow undercover police posed as gay men on the website guysformen.com and they invited several other men to meet them at a public place and then when one of them turned up this cop forced him to call the others and then they went on to arrest all of them So men were arrested in Lucknow on the basis that they were meeting other men on the internet. I mean they weren't even having sex. But the police were very proud of themselves about busting this gay sex racket. But there was no evidence of either such an act or such a racket. And it makes me think, I mean is this what policemen should spend their time doing, pretending to be gay to intimidate free gay citizens of this country i mean shouldn't nabbing robbers rapists be their priority clearly not and it's not just gay sex that got them going section 377 could be used not only people who are actually doing the act but also those who gave the appearance of being gay and therefore likely to commit that so section 377 was clearly very effective in criminalizing unnatural sex but let's just look at the section itself what does it say which incidentally compared to the enormous impacts it has had is rather brief it states unnatural offenses whoever voluntarily has carnal intercourse against the order of nature with any man woman or animal shall be punished with imprisonment for life and shall be liable a fine so in short sticking one's penis around in places other than a vagina is a crime Since 1860 in colonial and modern India 
Section 377 has been expanded to cover all kinds of sexual pleasure from oral sex, anal sex, thigh sex, mutual masturbation so that all forms of sexual expression are criminalized. So it's not just sex which was perverted but the interpretation of this which was steadily perverted. And this often went to ridiculous lengths. For example, courts sitting around examining the anus to see if it was habituated and if the shape suggested that it had been penetrated. I mean, it's galling. Then the section doesn't actually say anything about cross-dressing or dancing, but it produced a suspicion of anyone who was queer. So cross-dressing, I mean, it's part of Indian tradition, drama, mythology suddenly became disgusting in colonial India. In 1884, a person by the name of Kherati became the first person to be charged by this section. And it's clear from archival records that Kherati was a transgender. So a eunuch was kept under constant supervision by the police and arrested. But what was her crime? Singing and dancing. Singing and dressing like a woman for which she was duly reprimanded by judges for her disgusting acts. In the Mahabharat, the Pandav Arjun, the handsome archer, the prince, he dressed like a woman for a year. And if he was around in colonial and independent India, he sure wouldn't have wandered around too much. In 2016, a professor at Aligarh Muslim University was spied upon when students, not even the police, placed cameras in his house and filmed him having sex with another man. He committed suicide following the scandal and trauma of this incident. And Section 377 just cast this darkness, the shadow of fear, everywhere. So it's not surprising that in 2017, when Karan Johar wrote his book, An Unsuitable Boy, I mean, a man as powerful as him chose not to come out. And instead, he wrote in his book, I will not say those three words. I am gay. Many people feel that the queer are in a minority and that if a law doesn't affect everyone, it's okay, isn't it? But that's the whole point. That our constitution affirms that we are all equal before law. And why the privacy of those having unnatural sex should be anyone's business produces inequality. Our laws, now some of them are great, some of them are not so great, affect us. And it's up to us to question and challenge them, just like everything else which is man-made. The journey to question Section 377 had quite a few highs and lows. In 2009, NAS Foundation filed a case challenging Section 377 in the Delhi High Court. And when the Delhi High Court decriminalized Section 377 in 2009, it was a moment of jubilation for thousands of people who had been terrified and leading these closeted lives. A man by the name of Suresh Kaushal challenged this. He petitioned the Supreme Court and he said that Section 377 maintains moral order. Now, what sort of moral order needs you to spy, harass, follow and stalk? But the Supreme Court agreed and in 2013 overturned the Delhi High Court judgment. In 2018, the Supreme Court was approached by a second petition. And this petition argued for the rights of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer community who comprise 7 to 8% of India's total population. And they argued that they need to be recognized and protected. 
because sexual orientation is an integral and innate facet of every individual's identity queer or not in 2018 the supreme court of india struck down section 377 the judgment began with these lines by the german poet gitte i am what i am so take me as i am the fundamental rights guaranteed under the constitution kick the state out of where it does not belong in the intimate space between two consenting adults our constitution was drafted 71 years ago by mostly upper caste men and a handful of women but these people who sat together for nearly 3 years were liberal to the core which meant that in principle they upheld the dignity of all individuals and i can bet that they would have supported the gay rights movement and they did that obliquely in the preamble that the constitution stands for every person we the people and this sort of unconditional unqualified recognition for every human is what makes our constitution so great the constitution is us because we are the people in the next episode we will talk about the sort of sex which should be criminalized and why at times we need the state within the privacy of our homes and that's to protect those who are truly weak and powerless children but for now this is me priya mirza signing off <laughs>